always make sure you get a clear brief, even if that means asking a lot of questions and feeling like you're potentially irritating the person that you're trying to support. Um, being unclear about what they expect you to be delivering is actually way worse. So, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Communicating Purpose. I'm John Higginson, and I believe that the best way to get a message across clearly is by talking about something you honestly and passionately believe in. By doing so, you bring people with you. Your passion becomes theirs, and I call this the power of purpose. Today, I'm joined by Zoe Riven, Director of Communications and Marketing at Triodos, one of the world's leading ethical banks. Before joining Triodos, she served as head of the mayor's office for former Bristol Mayor George Ferguson, as a non-executive director at City to See. At Triodos, Zoe is responsible for communicating their aim to be the world's most sustainable bank. Triodos uses its savings, investments and lending to work for positive change. It does this by only financing companies that focus on people, the environment or culture and by allowing customers to view their projects in investments, how how those, which projects their investments will be funding, sorry. Zoe is also a board member of the Bristol Green Capital Partnership, a network of organisations who have pledged to work towards a zero carbon, socially just Bristol. Zoe, thanks very much for joining me today. Um, I know that when we booked you in, uh, you were booked in under a different name, Zoe Sears. So something exciting has happened in the past few weeks. So tell us about that first. Thank you, John. And indeed, yes, after a quite some time uh my partner and I did decide to get married so uh I got married early congratulations and that was in the middle thank you that was in the middle of um enjoying frankly a really brilliant benefit that Triodos offer which is vitality leave after um five years service so you can have a period of time off up to three months um on half of your salary so yeah i've uh, i've had a great nine weeks off and you were talking to me on my second week back as the newly newly anointed right. well, I, hope, I hope too much hasn't piled up on your desk but i'm sure it has but tell, <laughs> tell us a bit about that 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 journey i just mentioned a couple of places that you've been at before and and uh, and i've personally uh, worked quite a lot over the years with city to sea uh, um but it'd be great to hear your own um journey to where you are today Thank you. So um, it's interesting, really. I often feel like my working life splits between, um, you know, formative early start of my career in in the private sector, working for some quite large organisations. Um, and that's actually where I first did my first banking stint. I started out in a PR agency and moved more into marketing. And, and I think that really stands anyone in good stead really so I have that big business experience working for sort of Lloyds Bank, PricewaterhouseCoopers, IBM and then I think it sort of splits in the middle really where I felt although I felt a lot of what I was doing very much did align to my values even in you know those large corporates um, I became much more focused on having a positive impact and being able to make more of a difference um, and that's probably where the latter half of my career has been spent, really. So I moved into 
Um, I had my own communications agency for a period of time. Uh, and then I've always loved Bristol. And I really like in your in your intro, the communicating when you're really passionate or you have purpose. For me, um, Bristol is such a fantastic city, whether you live here, work here, visit, study here. Um, so at, at a point where I was coming to the end of a contract with Clarks, the shoe people, um, I really wanted to do something more Bristol focused. And that, that led me to work for uh, the city's leisure, tourism and investment organisation. Um, and then that led me into a very accidental fall into um, local politics um, because I noticed quite a few people, many of us across the city, were working to improve the city. Um, it was really difficult to get things done and a lot of that was down to the um, political structures in Bristol and the the very short termism that that's bred when you have uh, elected officials and councillors just working on very short-term goals so that was how I um, fell into politics which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more um, and after that I mean it really sealed again the energy I had for wanting to make a difference. It was in the mayor's office that I first met Natalie Fay and and the really early thinking behind City to Sea. Um, and again, I sensed right from the get-go that they had scope to really kind of mobilise and come together and do great work, focusing on the need to reduce single-use plastic. And from the mayor's office, I think a light bulb moment of maybe local politics isn't always the way to change the world. And actually, uh, hard though it is to accept, it's all about money. And if you follow the money, um, my view is that often is guiding a lot of decisions that get made. So it was for me a natural hop, skip and a jump. Triodos are literally based very close to the city council. And I was really excited to have a blend of marketing and communications in the role um, and it was a new job. I've done several new jobs in my career, and I quite like that going in to have a, a blank sheet of paper. And uh, that was seven years ago. So I'm now um, seven years into sustainable banking. But as I said, very much, uh, I'm not the numbers, I'm not the banker, but very much focused on um, how we can just drive further impact and uh, and recognise what our customers are looking for. So lovely segue there from uh, following the money into uh, banking. And just tell us a bit about Triodos Bank and uh, any specific communications challenges that you think come from a bank. Sure. So we're a sustainable bank. Um, and by that, I mean, some people describe us as an ethical bank. And that tends to be the category that we find ourselves in when we're lined up against all the others. Um, and our approach and ethos is that actually banks uh, can and should be socially useful. And we focus on, um, Triodos is an interesting name, it's, it's Greek and it, it means trihodos, which is the uh, three roads or three ways. So we look at how do you balance um, people, planet and profit. So we're very much focused on using money and it, so we, we talk about lending real money to the real economy. Um, so our business model is very different to the other banks in that savers or investors give us their money. And we then lend that out to impactful organisations that are benefiting society, the environment, basically making the world a better place for us all to live. And I suppose the bit in the middle, we, we pay a rate of interest and we charge a rate of interest and the bit in the middle is our, is our profit. 
but it's a very different model to the big banks. Um, and it's quite difficult, I think, when you first come in to understand that we're not existing just to make profit. Our success is measured by the impact that we have. And we believe that banks should be really transparent with customers. So we publish the details of every loan that we make. Um, and we we don't always offer the best rate, but we offer a fair rate. So it's about fair fees and charges. And this notion that somehow we're all entitled to earn money off money without thinking about the impact it's having on the world um, feel, feels a little bit off kilter with some of the real pressures that we're facing in society. And as you can imagine, it's quite challenging being uh, a challenger bank in the very literalist, most literal sense of the word, really. You'll hear other banks who are really helpfully disrupting the market describe themselves as that. But we're very much trying to challenge the, the notion of what a bank exists for. And of course, coming on to the second part of your of your question, it's really important that as a bank, we keep customers' money safe and secure. That's the whole point of, um, of, of why you would put your money into a bank. So some of the challenges are very much how you always make sure you're very compliant. So you're very focused on delivering customers really clear communication that doesn't um, inadvertently lead them to kind of any detrimental harm. And you're trying to create noise in a very noisy, very competitive marketplace. So we're I often think of us, you know, we're like a, a minnow in a sea of sharks, which probably sounds terrible, but you know, we're, we're, we're relatively small, even though we've got in the UK uh, just under 90,000 customers. So to put that into some context, 120,000 customers is when you're into the kind of top 20 banks in the UK. So we've grown um, relatively, we've got, well, <laughs> we're about sustainable growth. So we don't just want to be the biggest bank because, as I said, for us, growth is what will help us drive having more impact. And that's our reason for doing it rather than increasing our return to shareholders. So hopefully that gives you a bit of a flavour. So the kind of lending we do is to renewable energy organisations, um, sustainable farming, education, a lot of charities, a lot of social housing. And the kind of lending we don't do is to the fossil fuel um, industries, fast fashion, weapons, tobacco, um, any project that's contributing to deforestation. So we, but we do try to positively screen. And I think one of the other challenges in our communication is to not, is to not sound preachy or kind of pointy fingered about things because I don't think that helps the kind of wider sustainability sector. If we, we, we're not here saying we've got all of the answers and we recognise there's a transition and a journey for, for business and for individuals. So getting that tone right is really important as well. Great. What's, what's been one of the biggest uh, communications wins that you feel that you've had at Triodos since you've joined? So I would say we, back in 2017, we launched, we launched, we launched our personal current account. Um, and when I first joined the bank, it was not long before, and they explained to me we were going to charge £3 a month. And uh, so my first question was, great, what's a customer going to get in return for that? Because, again, I was very, um, my expectations as a customer was I would get something if I was going to pay a monthly fee. And when I was told, no, you know, that you join a community, you'll have a mobile banking app, you'll have a, um, 
a debit card you're but but actually what we're trying to say is my assumption i would get my banking for free um was just that an assumption and because there is no such thing as free banking um it's just that traditionally it's supplemented by others in the banking system that that can't afford to pay um and obviously banks really want your current account because once they've got you you tend to not leave i mean i think there's still that statistic you're more the average marriage in the uk lasts 14 years and you're more likely to leave your marriage than you are switch your bank so they spend a lot of money um, getting your custom. So I initially, from a communications perspective, I was like, okay, that's really, we're going to have to be really bold and be on the front foot with this. And it's going to take some explaining. Um, so we worked really hard on our messaging and our external communications. And we did deliver, we had an event in London. We, we hold a customer event every year where we create an opportunity for customers to come and talk to us. And we launched the current account at the same time and with a lot of hard work, because back then, if you tried to talk to a journalist about the role that banks play in tackling the climate crisis, they would just look at you completely confused. And, it, you know, back then we were still talking about climate change, not a climate crisis. So by being, as I said, very bold and on the front foot and really calling out the fact that there is no such thing as free banking, um, it was a it was a brilliant first step for us because we were able to deliver sort of blanket national media coverage. There was a lot of very genuine interest in starting to question um, how other banks operate and how they may not be as transparent. And I, I would stress that I'm going back, you know, a period of years now. Since then, there have been regulatory changes and other kind of challenges to the banks to look at those high charges for unauthorised overdrafts and other um, other areas where banks traditionally make money. Um, but back then, it was still very much, um, very much a thing. And I think it really challenged people to think about, gosh, yeah, if a, of course, it's not free to have a current account. There's all sorts of costs attached to it. So if I'm not paying for it, who is? Um, so that, yeah, that definitely stands out for me as a, as a highlight. And there have been other things since then. Our Don't Be a Fossil Fool campaign. Uh, change the bank change the world which was fronted by our customer lily cole i think i'd say we're very fortunate uh that we have some quite high profile customers that are willing to lend their voice um to help amplify what we're trying to do so we have uh mark rylance is is very supportive chris packham was most recently supportive so i think it's uh those kind of bold moves and then using others to tell our story and amplify what we do did you have to pay those customers to front those campaigns or and if so did they give you a discount because of who you are sometimes we do and sometimes we don't so uh chris packham mark rylance are incredibly generous and give us their time pro bono um because they believe uh they believe so much in the change that's needed in the world and the role that money and banking can play so oftentimes as i said we're very we're very lucky yeah. Uh, to have that support from them other other times we do recognize that you know we're, we're not a charity we, yeah. it's not right that we expect people to advocate for us so it's uh yeah. we look at things on a case-by-case yeah. -case basis yeah i've i've worked with chris packham as well and, and he's great and I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners will be taking notes and going great okay um he's someone to go off off for yeah he was um he, he was great to work with for sure great any communications failures in your career that you're willing to share with us so i had to think really um 
really hard about this because I was like, gosh, I was thinking, I don't really, I don't, I don't, it sounds a bit tweet to say I don't believe in failure, but of course there are things that don't go, uh, don't go right. So when I was reflecting, I was like, oh, how could I have overlooked this? There was a moment in the mayor's office um, quite early on uh, from when George Ferguson won the election and uh, George was a very impatient man, wanted to get moving quickly. And the scheme for Bristol to introduce residence parking um, had been designed some 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago by city leaders. Uh, but none of the political parties had the will to roll it out because they knew that initially um, it would be probably quite unpopular and it would take a while to bed in. And while it was bedding in, there would be local elections and whoever was in power. Would... So uh, when I talk about short term thinking, that's what I'm talking about. So George was really keen to mobilise this um, uh, this plan. And it oh, gosh, it was such a good lesson and a reminder of why you shouldn't communicate too early. Um, and you should absolutely think through your 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 key messages, the impact on different audiences, the best channels to use, and really get your ducks lined up before you go public. Um, and so tell us tell us some of the gory gory details. What what went wrong? I'm slightly I'm still a bit scarred talking about it now, John. I I remember. Um, it came from a place of wanting to be transparent, um, but I, I vividly remember City Hall hosting a very large public event for local businesses, and um, and 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 Mayor Ferguson and various other council experts sat on the stage, and a sort of baying crowd of about two hundred and fifty local business representatives asking them quite rightly. Um, for a whole load of, of detail and, and questions that hadn't been thought through. Um, so I almost feel we lost from a media perspective, from a local sentiment perspective, that one key moment to communicate well. I feel when I look back, we lost the entire um, argument about residence parking before we'd even really got going. And after that moment, it was uh, we were on the back foot, and it was, and people were 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 deaf to any positive messaging. So that was really, uh, really disappointing and really difficult to come back from. I mean, and again, I should say now, some you know, ten years on, uh, people do love residence parking, and it has been a great success. But that's the you know the painful part. And sometimes I ask myself if that was inevitable because the you know people's relationship with their cars can be quite an emotive one was it inevitable but i feel as a as a communications expert that was not um i should i should argue as well that was not my recommendation but you know <laughs> these things happen people want to move at pace yeah so um you, you've explained there your work in politics as well and and uh, you probably know i've come from a political journalism background myself and and uh, ignorance and strategy loves working with politicians and believes that's where the change lies and also believes that people working in politics are some of the best communicators out there. Um, tell us some of the, and, and you've told us about one com communication channel there, essentially the town hall, uh, even if it was one that, that, that went badly wrong. Um, <laughs> what, are the, what are some of the communications channels that you like doing and, uh, or, or even if you don't like doing, find them quite effective? So I think um, 
I think which channels really depends on who you're trying to talk to. So I think um, in in a in a role of you know working with a, an elected official, um, sort of Twitter and those perceived kind of conversational channels, um, whilst they can be quite toxic, and and that was my big shock going through the uh, political campaign period. You know, social media was a pretty horrible place to be, but it can be great for sort of getting a litmus test on the general mood and sentiment. But I do think it's really important to balance that by saying it can be a complete echo chamber. Um, we found actually boots on the ground, being out and talking to people and old fashioned face to face communication was by far um, the most impactful. But of course, you're quite limited. You know, you're, you're working with finite resources and um, and that's quite challenging. If I think about trying to change the world at Triodos, we use um, social media channels and, and particularly the media are great for giving us that sort of scale and reach very cost effectively. Um, but equally, nine times out of 10, you know, our relationship managers are out and about across the city and at different sector events. And I'm afraid it is, you know, banking suffers from a, a deficit of trust. Um, and so one of my challenges, you know, how do you build trust in a in a sector that even if you're trying to say you're different is one of the least trusted in the UK? And that trust often comes from those face to face interactions um, and actually talking to people. And I think what I quite like is there are um, visual ways. So whether that's short films, we use a lot of short films. We have a fantastic agency in Bristol called Rubber Republic. Um who really help us because you know how on earth do you try to explain doing banking differently in a in a short form way mm. so we find those social media films and using youtube and those channels really really helpful as well so i'd say it's always about a mix really and for some of our customers you know long form content's really um really important to them um and for others it, it's less so so it's it's a mix really yeah so what's a What's a recent piece of long form content that you've uh, achieved for Triodos that you think is a good one? So we're producing um, long form quite uh, quite regularly and we publish that on our Colour of Money blog. So if I think about a couple of recent um, long form pieces, we've uh, just announced a new partnership with a Bristol uh, agency called Babassa who do a lot of work to encourage young people who, uh, who would otherwise be excluded or marginalised sort of into work. So we're doing, uh, we have a new partnership with them, which is supporting our work around diversity and inclusion. So again, we will write some long form copy to explain what that's about. Um, another feature recently would be talking to Make My Money Matter. Um, that's an organisation that's relatively uh, a couple of years old. Um, and is really trying to call out the relationship between banks and a lot of the negative things that are uh, happening as a result of how banks kind of use our money. So we we often carry sort of interviews, Q&As with interesting people. So in that case, we've, we've interviewed the campaign manager there. We will often do deeper dives into customers that we've lent to. So I think a former guest you've had on, um, a human forest, who are one of our customers. So again, we'll or we'll offer customers that choice of how much, how little, or how much they want to know about what their money's doing. What uh, forms of media do you listen to, read, watch, swipe? 
<laughs> so I would say, again, quite a mixture. I mean, I'm sure I won't be alone in saying there's so many channels to try and stay across. Um, at Triodos, my team do a fantastic job of producing morning news um, where they've kind of scoured uh, all of the different kind of media outlets and they they produce a brilliant roundup of coverage that is talking about Triodos, but also sectors that are relevant to us. So it, I can very easily dip in and out of those things. Mm. Like many people, I've always got Radio 4 on in the morning. Um, and I do read, it's important to us, so I read quite a few of the um i guess aligned publications so things like ethical consumer positive news um i tend to i'm an optimist by nature and i i think it's really important to read the views of people you don't agree with um but equally i find it would be very easy to fall down a rabbit hole so i really just try to keep across the the key things that i need to be across cool if you could give one piece of advice to yourself at the start of your career what would it be? Again, this was another good question I had to think um, hard about. So if I think more broadly, I've always been very uh, driven, uh, actually driven is the wrong word, I've always really cared about people. And certainly working in the private sector, I felt a bit embarrassed or almost a bit ashamed that I always thought about people and uh, caring for people and trying to be uh, empathetic in in the way that I went about doing things and I've always been quite an idealist so um, and I've always wanted to set the bar quite high so I think if I could go back again I'd say you know don't be embarrassed about those things and actually just embrace them because I think they make you you know setting the bar high being ambitious for yourself and for your for your teams and the people you work with is absolutely okay um, and makes you a great a great leader really so I think being as I said not being ashamed or embarrassed if you think about people because the world life is about people and uh, and then I thought a bit more prosaically about work and I just thought you know what always make sure you get a clear brief even if that means asking a lot of questions and feeling like you're potentially irritating the person that you're trying to support um, being unclear about what they expect you to be delivering is actually way worse so yeah Never apologise for who you are and for what you care about and uh, always get a clear brief. Very good advice. <laughs> Zoe Riven, uh, you've been speaking to me, John Higginson, on Communicating Purpose, which is produced this week, as always, by Joe Leonard-Walters. If you are a purpose-led communicator and you believe that you could be a guest on this show, uh, I am. we are booking in people for the autumn now. Uh, love to speak to people in this space so do contact joe on joe 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 at higginsonstrategy.com and just tell us your story thanks very much for listening mm -hmm.